You're listening to Mastering Retention, presented by UserWise. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to today's episode of the Mastering Retention podcast. I'm Tom Hammond, your co-founder of uh, UserWise and host for Mastering Retention. Uh, really excited to be talking to Nick Turlings today. Um, uh, Nick comes to us from Voodoo uh, with a really in-depth background. Um, super excited to, for today's podcast. We're going to be dwelling into uh, the game that he's been working on for the last year and, and a lot of the innovations and things. Um, so I, I definitely think, you know, anyone that is looking to launch a new game, uh, this is going to be a really excellent podcast to dig into uh, just how to think about, you know, innovation and, you know, how do we look at copying versus not copying and, and where, where do we draw that line such that, you know, we have a good chance at actually creating a hit game uh, versus, you know, just another one of those other things that is unlikely to really scale up there. So uh, with that said, uh, Nick, I, I'd love to just hear a little bit of, you know, your, your background, uh, you know, how you got into gaming and, and how you got to where you're at today. Cool. Hi, Tom. Welcome. Uh, thanks for welcoming me. Uh, that's, I'm really happy to be here. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm just going to I'll start off with uh, introducing myself. I'm uh, I'm from the Netherlands, as you can hear from my from my Dutch accent. And uh, but I'm based in Berlin. Uh, I, uh, I have been in Berlin for a while. I was at uh, Wuga before um, and I joined Voodoo a year ago. Um, before Wuga, I was in uh, in the Netherlands at Spill Games as well. So I've been in the industry since uh, about 2013. Uh, I'm usually, uh, yeah, I've, I've studied game design. I've studied IT. I've been, uh, I, I'm a relatively technical designer. Um, and also, I also like writing. Uh, I like uh, to put my thoughts, uh, if I have capacity, uh, onto my blog, uh, ludocious.com. Uh, or sometimes also I'm a guest writer on Deconstructor of Fun. Um, so yeah, that's basically my very short uh, introduction, uh, just for over about me. <laughs> yeah, no, and uh, we'll we'll post a link to your blog. I, I love the stuff that you have on there. If you guys haven't had a Thank chance you. to read some of his uh, articles, super interesting stuff, and um, mm. even even some of your deconstructions on like empires and puzzles and uh, Disney girls. Yeah, man, that was a that, that was a heavy one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Empires and Puzzles was, was a heavy one. Um, yeah. It's amazing how much time and effort can go into like a quality deconstruction. Like, yeah. you know, we, we did the Genshin Impact one uh, that's, kind of that's late the, last year. That's crazy. Yeah, that's and really that crazy. one, like, I did not realize, like, when I started it, how much time I was going to have to commit to playing that game to, you know, be able to understand all the depth of the economy and things. So. Exactly. Um, I was considering it, but then I was like, mm, I don't have a hundred hours. So it's like, <laughs> it's a tricky thing. Yeah. So uh, I've recently also been a bit careful about it since the, you know, the, the current circumstances like uh, are forcing you to stay at home a lot. And then in the weekend, sitting at the same desk as you were sitting during the week as well, it can become quite burnouty. So I'm, uh, I'm a little careful, but uh, yeah, I'm, uh, if anyone listens that already is reading, I'm, I'm planning to come back uh, eventually, <laughs> eventually. Uh, yeah, when everything calms down a little bit. Turns yeah. out, uh, trying to release this game is also quite uh, quite an effort. So, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> making yeah. games isn't quite as easy as we all, all thought of. But yeah, with, with that in mind, um, yeah, it, tell us about like your current studio, how it came about, right. you know, what the team looks like, what you guys are trying to do. Like, yeah, what, mm. what's going on? Yeah, so uh, I'm in the casual studio uh, in Berlin of Voodoo. And it's a one-year-old studio. Uh, it's led by uh, Sophie Vo, who you've been also inviting to your podcast. I think it was in February. Um, and yeah, we are a 14, I think, currently people team, um, which is relatively small. And we, we try to really uh, make the game, uh, make, make games quite in a lean, more lean way uh, than is usually the case with tr tr traditional casual games. Um, but of course, like we do have a lot of experience in, in our team, uh, from other companies. Like I've, I'm just so ex Wuga, uh, Sophie is as well. There's a uh, ex Rovio, uh, there's ex King, there's ex Wargaming. There's, uh, there's quite some, and we're all relatively experienced, uh, and especially in deep casual games. So we did try to continue what we have been doing before, but in a way more, uh, yeah, agile and lean way. Mm. Uh, and we got started in March last year, which was a very interesting time to start anything. <laughs> uh, um, when we were in our studio still, uh, the first two weeks, uh, when I started, I was at, I was still in the studio and then it all broke down. I, we were playing Merge Mansion uh, and this was actually quite a... Uh, an interesting like game and I, I've never seen anything like that before. It was quite new at that point. Mm -hmm. uh, and we were actually looking for quite interesting, like we were looking for like a, a, a hybrid kind of casual uh, core, which we could use uh, to, yeah, to, to build further on. And uh, I played it. I found the core game super engaging. Uh, and it turned out later uh, now that we were not the only ones. Uh, <laughs> there have been, there actually have been other studios, many other studios that have tried uh, tackling the casual merge uh, genre. Uh, I think yeah, they have, you have numerous ones, like to, to name a few, there's Merge Friends, Merge Villa from uh, Eploven now, there's Merge Estate, there's Travel Town, and, and there's like, there's, there's a lot. Uh, I've been playing them all. And I have noticed they are all trying to do uh, their iteration of the game, but it's in a, in a very similar fashion. Uh, basically, uh, trying to you know get a little bit of that success that the casual merge uh, potential actually showed you know to be apparent in the market. Um, we also set out to do this, but we are in a very different situation uh, because we are not in a smaller company we are actually just a cell in in voodoo mm -hmm. and uh, voodoo also has other casual studios um so we we have a little bit more scale uh than than the the usual smaller like startups mm -hmm. have so we had a bit more uh, freedom to innovate and and also like think about what could be better in that game uh, because you can make a, a game like merge mansion if you want to i've heard uh, in two months, <laughs> um, but it will probably be very similar to what it uh, came from, right? Yep. Yeah. So uh, that is what we have set out to do. So it's actually our first game. It's called Plantopia. 
Uh, and yeah, it's it's our first official game. We did make some prototypes uh, as well, but like we have fully committed uh, only actually to this one game. And uh, I have to be honest here that I I'm still quite surprised that we are still working on it and that it not that it didn't uh, somewhere like fell apart mm-hmm. yet uh, because it, it you know you're making a new studio and you're in you're yeah. in a new environment and it would actually only be logical that you have a couple of smaller games that you are trying stuff out with mm-hmm. but apparently it's uh, it's all been going pretty smooth uh, so i'm i'm very happy about that and pretty proud of it too um we'll see we'll, we'll yeah I, I will tell you a little bit more about like what what the thought behind that was but yeah it's it's a it's it's a little that that would be the lead in to to the story yeah yeah well, once you guys, you know, take over the casual charts, I'm sure this will become like the most popular episode ever. You know, how can I emulate that with innovation? <laughs> this, this, I, I, I really like this uh, forecast of your of the future. I, I hope it will become uh, truth. Uh, <laughs> we are going to see. Uh, we are not there yet. We are we are currently in, uh, in soft launch. Uh, although it doesn't say anything these days because you can be in soft launch forever. But um, we are trying to find. The, yeah, we're trying to see the, the measure the KPIs and find our, our market and find our audience. And we are on the right track. Um, we are quite far. I think we, like I would say, <laughs> famous last words, but we're, we were almost there, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I think within a couple of months, we will know a lot more. Yeah. Um, can't say too much about the timeline, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's going quite well we're reaching yeah. we're nearing the end i would say yeah. well having played the game i find it exceptionally fun and, and quite innovative i think where we are right now it's not quite there but it's definitely like definitely coming together really really interesting so mm-hmm. um let me ask you a question and and this is kind of like two questions wrapped into one uh because i think many many people struggle with this idea and it's twofolded of when do i kill a game and on the flip side of that, what is success? And, and what I mean by that is uh, if I look at Supercell, they kill games that don't have, <laughs> you know, 20% day 30 retention uh, yeah. because they're, they're looking for the next billion dollar plus, you know, mm-hmm. game that's going to have that long-term, mm-hmm. you know, DAU stacks um, yeah. cohorts. But, you know, for, for Voodoo and for your casual studio, you know, what was the, the line for success and like, what are you guys yeah. shooting for? Yeah, it's a very different ball game in Voodoo, especially since they are used to do um, yeah, very short term <laughs> projects uh, by in their DNA. Right. So they don't have this uh, usual uh, casual timeline that sometimes takes even years to make one game right um so this also manifests itself you know in in the way they work and the way we are also actually um working right now we turned out to be working uh which is like failing very fast uh trying to not i mean we, we're of course not shooting for the <laughs> supercell uh, style um success uh especially since yeah, I think it has always been in Voodoo's DNA to have many smaller successes, uh, whether it be like a hyper-casual game or in this case, it could be also uh, nearing the, the casual space. But um, 
it is still in 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 Voodoo's DNA to really be disruptive. So it's not it's not going to be um, really focusing on making the like a very similar product to what already exists. Uh, they did, like especially in hyper casual, you also have to be quite innovative and and quite uh, original with your with your iterations. So yeah, I, I think that has been sort of manifesting itself in. Uh, in our casual strategy. So that resulted in us having to, you know, making this game in one year while it already is a relatively set casual product. Like, of course, there's no, we don't have the live ops yet, but like we we do have, uh, yeah, we have iterated and done a lot in, in, this, in this last year. And uh, mm. of course we could have done more if we would have been less free in in all the all the things we were trying out but this is a careful balance that you have to walk and i will tell you maybe a little bit more later about how much innovation is is like enough and uh yeah after i tell you a little bit more about what the specific design choices were um but yeah we we do have like a specific idea of like okay what do we innovate how much do we innovate and then mm-hmm. also how long does it take to make a game uh and yeah we have been actually i think at voodoo there has never been a game that has been taking more than than uh, what we have been uh taking so it's like a year is already really long for their <laughs> standards so um that's why we also are constantly being kept sort of lean in a way that we can't mm-hmm. you know say okay we'll see you in a year it does, doesn't really happen <laughs> You know, uh, I've been in other, I've been at Vuga before and it was a very different story there, right? So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, how has, you know, this kind of mantra, this positioning translated into, you know, how you guys are working together? Um, I, I know you kind of mentioned fail and iterate fast, but, mm. you know, is it really just uh like fast prototyping type things or, you know, what, what, yeah. what does that mean? I guess, you know, keeping it lean because I'm sure a lot of other teams want to do that too, but you know, how do you effectively keep, keep it lean, but still yeah. deliver something that can get you that like 15%, you know, day 30 retention or whatnot. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. It's, it's always a line to, to walk. You have to, you basically it's 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 a cliche but you have to keep testing what you're making and specifically depending on how how innovative you want to be it really depends uh on you know if if you, if you can get it understood and if you can uh piggyback on the things that the players already know uh you know the, mm-hmm. the the standards the conventions that people already know like for example we 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 have the casual merge core we didn't stray that far from from what it is in merge mansion we have made some small innovations but in the in the core itself it's still the same game so we are trying to piggyback on that so you it's it i think in general i i would also say we still are quite reluctant of really making a whole new core game uh, that has not been proven yet because that is also yeah. like it's a very tricky thing to do uh, especially if you're in a smaller company with less funding. I mean, of course, at Voodoo, we're in a quite luxurious position because we're in a quite lucrative place. Um, but yeah, you still can't spend years on one project. So you have to <laughs> test um, 
all the time, basically. So every time you, you basically, what you want to do is take a core, <clears> you take a meta game and see if they match and combine. And I think this is still what everybody in the market is also trying to, to still do if they're trying to, you know, get into that, uh, it's it's you know that new space where people always are talking about this hybrid <laughs> casual thing. Yep. It's it's still it's still very tricky. Uh, and specifically, I have a whole I can talk about what hybrid casual is for hours. I, I won't do it here, but it's a <laughs> it's a very tricky topic where you really have to decide on what your core is and if you and how, and what will you leave alone, you know and. Uh, what what are you piggybacking on and what actually is the part that you're going to iterate on and especially if you see a game that is successful or at least has the potential to be successful like Merge Mansion definitely had already saw that last year uh, then you can pick and match what you want to put into your game uh, mm. basically improving on what that game uh, that you're you're in, that you're getting inspiration from has so I want to get into that, but yeah. one thing before we do. So you you mentioned that it's really important to test. Um, so I'm yeah. just going to ask. That's the cliche. What, yeah. what does it mean to test? Are, are you talking of like testing a prototype, playing with each other? Uh, are you talking like playtest cloud? Like it's mainly twelve traits. Yeah, like yeah. All, all of the above, I would say. Uh, <laughs> but it's. The majority, it's understandability testing always. It's just testing your FTOE. Uh, if you are changing some parts, really, really, I'm I'm skipping uh, towards my uh, takeaway session in the end. But uh, one of the takeaways that I really would stress is like, if you can't explain your game during your FTOE, there's a big red flag going up because you have to really try first to to test as quick as possible if this game actually is understandable and we have actually had some issues there where we yeah quote unquote lost time because we had to really iterate on how to explain some specific parts of the game to the player um i can yeah i can go in depth about what specific thing that is a little later when i have the specific topic but it's it's very uh it's 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 very indicative of your core game house how easy it is to pick up if if you can get your FTOE to work within like let's say a month or a couple of weeks you know and uh, and that's that's why FT, FTOE testing uh, first first session testing especially during you know using playtest cloud or or um, yeah usually you, you would have uh, people over at the office but you know you <laughs> could uh, you could do anything uh, but you have to you have to get it in people's hands. I think testing within the team is is very misleading uh, because everybody already understands the game. So it's like, yeah, okay, that's done, and then yeah, we understand it. But we already also make the game, so <laughs> that doesn't work. Yeah. So of course you have to you know get it in the hands of actual like players, especially in your target audience, mm -hmm. which is uh, you know leading into that uh, other uh, platform that you've mentioned, which is Twelve Trades. Is if you if you really um, have expertise in in making games for a specific uh, target audience as we had as we have um, which is usually yeah, it's the it's the casual mostly female audience for our in our case mm -hmm. then you can use 12 traits to actually see which player types you want to cater to uh, see what they like uh, see what they don't like specifically don't put that in your game like you know if they don't like the stress 
if they if you want to have a very peaceful uh, experience, <laughs> then you probably shouldn't like put a lot of stress to the player until maybe in the end of the game or maybe even never. Mm -hmm. So we have been really consciously making choices about how peaceful our game should stay. Um, you know, and it, it's, it should be a very calming, especially since it's about gardening and about plants and about, <laughs> yeah. it has to be quite tranquil, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's, that was one of the main uh, choices there. Uh, so you can, yes, all of the above uh, testing like this is very important and it goes almost throughout the whole um, development phase until your soft launch, basically. Would you say that, uh, marketing type testing is important anywhere along the way yeah. too because That's you know I, I have i have seen some games fail because oh well we we built this game and then we mm -hmm. ran a market test and we're getting like a 12 dollar cpi Believe it or not, that's actually the most important one. Uh, I thought uh, we were, yeah. So I was focusing in my previous explanation about the product itself. But if you don't have your marketing uh, strategy already at least a little bit set out, then you can, you're, yeah, you're taking a huge risk because especially in these, in these days, the market is going quite fast. It's a, it's a shark tank. And if you, uh, specifically find that hit, that potential hit game that others also can play, you will see what's happening now to casual merge as well, where people are, uh, you know, iterating on it. And, and then before you know it, within a year, your CPIs are going to be like through the roof already, right? So it's, yeah. you, you have to really have a unique uh, message as well. And luckily, not luckily, I mean, happily, we have actually done this really early. Um, so that's why also we have, you know, stuck to a really specific theme that the other games don't have, yeah. which also in turn caters into that whole, um, 12 traits, uh, audience fit that we, that we looked for, which is the, you know, the, 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 it's actually a 30 plus kind of millennial, uh, female audience that is, uh, you know, very conscious about the environment. They like to be outside. They like gardening. Mm -hmm. They like DIY. They like making kombucha. They like doing all these things, <laughs> uh, or nor some of these things, right? And I think that that is probably uh, the way how you can kind of keep your CPI lower because you have a mm. a, a relatively more you have a more specific uh, marketing message. Yeah. And that's why I think it's also quite tricky now for the other games to still be lucrative because they all are very alike. You know, they, they look alike and they, they have very similar themes, very similar graphics. Yep. And yeah, th th it's very tricky. You have to be very quick if you want to, to do it that way. Um, mm. That's great. Well, before we spend more time on the theme, and I, I do want to come back to like how you pick the theme because I think that is important. That's a, a very, very important thing for any new game, um, how to pick a theme and how to verify that it is the right theme from like marketing, testing and, and talking to audience and stuff. But uh, uh, I, I want to loop back a little bit. And so uh, you kind of mentioned, hey, we started this new studio, saw Merge Mansion out there, played it. Seems like a really fun core, like it's got some legs, but it's also got some problems. So like. Tell me a little bit about like yeah. what were some of the problems that you saw in Merge Mansion, and you know how did you guys seek to fix some of them? You know where did mm -hmm. how how did that lead to where you are today? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm happy you're asking this because this is my uh, this is my uh, my day to day as as a game designer, right? It's really like I want to make these things better, and I, yeah, I, I've I've identified together with the th with the team at that point, like what what did we really like and what did we what 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 could we improve on? So I've I've listed a couple of things here in my notes, like I specifically uh, think that like the uh, the one, the main, let, let me start with the main one, which was uh, that it has a relatively weak link between the metagame and the core game. So the core game, you are mixing and matching and you're merging all that stuff. And then the only thing you can do in the metagame is a cosmetic gardenscapesy uh, loop where you just, I mean, it's, it works because, you know, there's many games like this. Um, but specifically how they did it in Merge Mansion was not the most enticing because they don't even, uh, at least the, when we played it, they, they might have it now or have it planned that you can't even choose what you are going to <coughs> make. You know, you decorate usually, but actually in Merge Mansion, it was you, you just clean up stuff, right? So it's, uh, which is a, a, even a more basic version of that. But we thought that, and it was a very bold move, to be honest. Like I'm, I'm I've been cursing myself uh, for this throughout the year. Like it, it's been, uh, it's been quite challenging. But we have actually even pivoted so far away from this that we just took a very different meta game. Uh, as you've probably noticed, like it's a more, it's a more Farmville-like resource management uh, thing. It still has those. Uh, those hooks from the, um, how you call it, like invest and express, or uh, what is these? Mm. Yeah, I think they call it uh, uh, puzzle and decorate games. You know, the they, they we still have that, yep. uh, but it's a bit more in the background. And the things that you are currently mostly doing is actually the orders board uh, from from uh, Heyday Farmville and and all these things. We have made it personal so that there are actually customers coming in and personally asking you for stuff instead of just a random note on a random board. Um, so we've been really trying to make it personal, but also in, in a way that like the meta game actually uh, really can, can uh, take advantage of all the resources that you have in the core game, because that is what <coughs> I thought was a bit of a pity. You have all these resources in the board and then you don't really use them in the meta game, you just have it's a very sort of a split uh, way of it's it's a very, yeah it's it's a bit of an alien split in my opinion. So what what we've been trying to do is actually make that work with with the, with having a sort of an it's it's basically an inventory management uh, style uh, core game now, where you do a lot of merging, uh, and then eventually you come out with that specific thing you need, and you just turn it in at the orders, uh, at the market, we call it, because it's the place where you sell your stuff, right? And there you get into the loop of, okay, I'm getting my coins now. Uh, and so the, basically the core loop is now, it has changed to be, uh, I get coins from the orders that I, um, that I sell. And then after selling that, you get, of course, the coins back. And with those coins, you, you buy crates full of basic resources that you have to again then merge right so it's a mm -hmm. loop that it's it's a it's a logical loop but it's not the way it goes in in the casual um merge games that are currently 
on the market because there you really have just you you put it into the decoration and it's gone <coughs> right mm-hmm. um, and they just artificially give you crates uh, and energy throughout the day which we also do but we yeah we have that that actual loop between what you need in the in in the in the garden and in it's, the garden what you produce are the plants right so you plant yeah. plants from the uh, from the board and those plants they actually generate products you know so mm-hmm. let's say you're planting a rose and the rose actually uh, creates the buds of the rose and with those the people that are in the market they're asking for the buds so you're actually creating something that you're planting in the game very farmville style uh, that you can actually also reuse to harvest even more, maybe once, maybe twice. We've experimented with even like six yeah. times, eight times. So really, <laughs> it's 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 a bit much. At the moment, we are like way down, way more casual. But we have been going all over the place with this. So it's it's been yeah. a really interesting way, and it has also been very challenging. It's one of the, it's definitely the the most bold uh, change that we have done. Uh, and it's it's quite risky as well, but like it it does pay off when people play because it's like oh it's original I've never seen this before so at least that that's what the the goal was to achieve. Psychologically, do you think that um, just adds a little bit more of like an element of success in terms or like a reward for every single plant that I merge and you know plant yeah. and harvest. I, I basically get something back because I'm delivering these orders or do you think it's just more of like the connection a little bit closer? Like how, no, how think, do you think that makes the players feel? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a very different, that's, that's the tricky part. I think you hit the nail mm-hmm. right on its head there. It's like, it's a very different kind of player that we turn out to be catering to. Uh, of course we could have foreseen that better, but like in the end, we are not catering to the people that usually like the decoration loop the most, but we actually, uh, the people that really will stick with us are the, the players that are more interested in, in the uh, economy that they have in their game because they get coins back and they have to manage their coins. We don't even have energy. So there is no there's no energy that keeps you back from actually playing. If you do it well and if you manage the cooldowns of your plants and if you harvest them at the right time, you can get uh, your coins back immediately and buy more crates to play more, which is also a, a very, you know, in, it's, it's a very tricky thing to, to add as well. But I think this also gives players a lot more uh, freedom, just like they uh, experience this in Farmville games, where they also don't have uh, energy, right? They can just keep on going as long as their cooldowns are still not not running. Yep. So that is what we actually we we are still on that side of the of the meta, where yeah, instead of just we are not forced to to give the player uh, to gate them uh, using energy. That's which is actually quite. I'm really happy that we succeeded in this. And it's also something that comes back in the reviews of the game that like the people are quite happy that they don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So it's essentially style. Yeah. yeah. Essentially your, uh, your session gating is tied to like the, the flower plots. And once you fill those up, it is. Yeah. Mm. It is. Is that, that's the whole, that's the whole difference. Yeah. So we, we basically took a different meta and a different mm-hmm. motivation. Uh, of course, we try to borrow from the Invest and Express uh, quite a lot. As you've seen, maybe there's there are decorations in the garden, but they don't have that like main uh, role uh, that you know it's it's less frequent that you actually 
um, decorate and, and, and add stuff to your garden, even though eventually the visual progression is definitely there. You start off in a very overgrown place, and then in the end, you have a nice uh, polished, uh, decorated place that you've also customized some some parts of. Right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that is the one big one that we that we have done. And then, uh, what we also have seen—that's the second, also quite big one—is that we. I, the one thing that made me really churn uh, quite quite early in Merge Mansion was the fact that their board their one board becomes super claustrophobic like quite quick and you you add more crates and you add more resources but the board stays the same size and before you know it you have to make choices which of the spawners in the in the board you have to use and you might even have to sell stuff, but selling is painful. Nobody likes to sell these things because you want to, you've already made them. You don't want to sell them because I might need them later, right? right. So what I really thought was like, okay, why don't we have that sort of progression that you see in, yeah, in let's say saga style games. It's of course not way not as fast as that, but in total we have actually six boards in our game. Where you know, uh, Merge Mansion, I think they're still having that one board, and I'm I, I was actually pretty sure that they would come up with a second board later that we just didn't unlock it or that they didn't add it to the game yet, and I was actually quite convinced personally that they were working on actually adding that, but up until now I didn't seen it, I haven't seen it. <laughs> so, I mean, we yeah, so I was like, okay, let's do it ourselves. And let's do it that way. And of course, that brings a lot of UX uh, challenges because players need to learn where stuff is because every board has their specific resources, right? So, right. of course, we have to really slow, slowly increase the amount. So the first, let's say, 20 minutes, uh, you have one board only. And then you unlock a second one to show at least the players like, oh, wow, there's like actually multiple places. <laughs> But then the third board comes in, you know, on day three or something, you know, because it's already a lot to handle for a lot of people to already right. multitask between those two boards. Those two boards are also hugely different. The one is the place where you create all the plants, very green board, organic everything. And then the other board is a cold tool shed where you just have all the, you know, the hammers and all the things that you usually get in, in the casual merge genre where, you know, and but of course we don't have hammers because you don't use hammers when you're gardening, but we, we have the same, we have a, yeah, we have a similar style there. We have pruners and, and, uh, and shovels, you know, it's, uh, yeah, which actually brings me to the third one, if you just, uh, yeah, which is the, the merge chains themselves, you know, like, especially what it's, what, what, what I saw in Merge Mansion was that you merge uh, two hammers and you get a saw, and then you merge two saws and you get a shovel. And it's very tricky, I think, for me, it, it was quite tricky, and, you know, I'm, I'm used to playing a lot of games, to remember which one was before the other one mm -hmm. so how do i how hard it is how hard is it to create a hammer you know it, it's not easy because sometimes a hammer is just two things but actually it might also if i forget it could also be 16 or 32 or even 64 things <laughs> right so that is the trick here and and i think we we've really tried to keep that logical so all our chains are are actually instances of the same object uh, so we have the plant chains, which is a very small sapling until the, the plant ready to be put into your garden. 
And yep. then on the tools side, we have a very simple clipper pruner, which eventually ends in like a huge electric pruner, <laughs> but it's still a pruner, right? Yep. So you you have a more logical buildup in those in those chains and. I think this really adds. It's it was a low hanging fruit for us. It that was, but for the artist, it was also a challenge because you have to create seven pruners that look <laughs> distinctly different, which is also quite hard. So everything we tried to you know innovate on had has of course the shadow side of like yes, but now we have this you know complexity of like actually having to make seven pruners. Um, well, you guys did it well. I, I like the fact that the handles will like flip up and down and it, yeah. and then the color changes. And we used all the and, tricks. We had to use and, all the tricks. Uh, because... Oh, yeah. And and you've got like the, the plants, while they're all the same varieties, they mm. all have like the same base color palette. So it's just much easier on your eye to actually mm. follow through. But um, it took a I, lot I... of iterations. <laughs> that was a, it was a long journey. I forget who... I was listening to or reading or something, but um, they were just talking about the more that in your game, you can have things just make sense logically based on our regular human perspective Mm. and interaction. And like when things behave the way we expect them to, it gets, it might've actually been uh, the, the gamer brain. Maybe. Oh yeah. I see. Um, I mean, she's one of my favorite <laughs> people. Like I, yeah. I love her. She, yeah. I, I, we took a lot from her. We actually have the book on the <laughs> desks in our, uh, it's, I think it should be on anyone's uh, yeah. any game developers desk. Celia Oden's book. Yeah. Yep. It's um, right on mine. But anyways, I, I think in there she said, uh, well, I'm assuming she might have said something similar, but like the more that you have that, the less that it's on the psychological take and yeah. the more that your player can focus on the flow. Yeah, and so, you know, exactly. having those illogical merge change, you know, probably running into trying to remember all this stuff, but like exactly. by having it just it's make sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So that, that was at least, that was, of course, we never doubted that choice. That was, that was always like, yeah, okay, this is more logical to do it that way. Uh, but of course, it was also more work, you know. So it, because a saw is not a hammer, so it's more work. Uh, but we we tried to do it that way, and I think we eventually it just paid off. But uh, that's why it took a year and not two months, right? So um, yeah, there's there's a couple more smaller examples, but those were the big the big ones where we have to have had a lot of different uh, iterations, and we. Up until maybe last month, or yeah, let's say six weeks ago, we still had an issue with our players or any casual merge players are not used to set their own objectives. And we actually uh, broke that rule of giving them the freedom to do so. Because if you have the orders board in Farmville, there's a couple of orders on it and you can choose which one you want to start focusing on and what you want to build to actually fulfill that order. And this is what we also have. But we also have a board that, you know, that usually has like people even assume the board has a goal, you know, it's like, what is my goal now, you know, to complete this board? I mean, and then they realize, wait, this is not a completable board. This is not a level. This is my inventory, right? So it's a, it's a really crazy thing that you have to work on. So we we came up with something we called internally, at least we call it pinning, and you pin basically the objective that you f- you think I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna make this plant now, and that's what you're gonna do. But it took a lot of effort to get the player to press that button to actually start that objective because they usually are 
used to uh, the game, you know, dictating what they need to do next. And yeah, it's a, it's a super. That was actually by far the hardest thing to do uh, for for us. And it uh, yeah, this this has delayed delayed us a lot in a way. But of course, it has been it has been very interesting. So, have you seen that uh, kind of picker thing? Like, has that actually helped your mechanics and metrics and things? Has that been working for you or the picker thing? Like the, uh, the, the what's next, the pin you said? Oh, right. Exactly. The pinning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the question is if it helped us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is, is that actually work? Is that something other people should maybe consider exploring <laughs> with this kind yeah, of mentor or, or, or would that. you, yeah. would you say, you know, <laughs> we, we learned our lesson here and, and maybe, yeah. you know, too much freedom. It, yeah. The thing is, uh, when you combine two things that have not been combined before eventually you run into that if you scale it all down you run into that place in the ux where you have to marry those two things together and for us that has been that pinning action and it's not even called pinning it's now just like you know make next you know but it's that was the place where we you know came together and where the game comes together and says wait but the meta game is this, but the core game is this. So you know we have to put that in in a, in a in a new. We have to show that in a new way. And I think if you combine two different things that have not been combined before, I think it's almost inevitable that you don't find one or two of these things where you really have to again reinvent the wheel of like what is the way how I can explain people to actually work with this. So. Yeah, if you if you are going to make a similar game as us like this, I would say yeah, try it as well. But like, good luck because it took us a long time, uh, and we are the only person at the moment. I don't know any other game that also is trying to do it, so we might not even have the best solution. It's a solution that currently works, but you know we have it's it's still uh, been quite a journey. So if you want to do any other game, any other combination. Be prepared. You will find something like our, uh, you know, our pinning, if you will, mm -hmm. that is the, you know, the, the place where your innovation meets, you know, where your where your combined core and meta in this case meets. So, so let's talk about that a little bit. Like, um, how, how did you guys identify that this was a problem that needed to be fixed in the first place? Did you just come upon it inherently or, you know, did you look at the data or was this talking to players or, you know, I mean, we just feel, I mean, if you're, if you're trying to create the interactions of the game, you, you come up, you, you run into this situation. It's like, how do I pick the next thing? And it's basically, it became very early. It became clear that we, we needed to get the player to choose like in Farmville, like games, what they want to do next otherwise the, the core otherwise the meta is not the the meta and then we have been experimenting with auto pinning but it has been uh yeah it has not not worked out that well that quickly because then yeah it is you run into other problems where when when do you stop the play when do you stop auto pinning you know and mm -hmm. when you try to teach the player eventually to work with your meta game you it's like you have to at some point stop telling them what to do. So there is always this moment where you have to stop uh, dictating what they 
uh, what they have to do. So in our FTUE, yes, they don't have to worry about it because everything goes automatically and there's only one option. But already quite quickly, we open up the market and then they actually have two options to choose which plant it is. And, and you know, they can actually start start playing carefully. It's like, do I make the chamomile or do I make the hibiscus? And it's they only have one or two choices still. So it's a very safe environment. But if you fast forward a couple of weeks, they have 20 plants, right? So they can do <laughs> they can do a lot eventually. So it's it's really just baby steps, right? That's that's yeah. the thing, and that's how we also yeah. It's a it's maybe a boring answer, but it, it became really early clear that that like we we have to we have to find a way to to make the player uh, have agency there, you know. Um, so I, I know you guys do have some of the, you know, invest and express mechanics, though. Um, yeah. How are those tied into this sort of pinning type thing? Or is there a way that like, like if I if I see, hey, I want to fix my wheelbarrow, like, mm. do I just have to like follow suit in that? Or like, is there a way yeah. that a player can be like, hey, guide me through this process so that I can mm. do this effectively. Yeah, so there we actually didn't innovate. Uh, we did practically the same, I mean, not the same, but we, we have the same loop as Lily's Garden and all the other uh, <coughs> Invest and Express games have. Your decoration loop is tied to your main narrative. And those things are actually, you just have to do something to get to it, but after that, you can choose to do it whenever. So actually after, so basically how it works in our game is you have uh, quests like in Klondike Adventures or in also in, in, in Farmville Tropic Escape, for example, you have these quests that you fulfill. You don't have to do any, you don't have to deliver anything, but you just have to do some stuff, merge five of those things. And when you do that, you actually can complete your, your uh, you can renovate a part of your garden. And after you renovate a part of your garden, you also get the main narrative's story beat, uh, which is same as in Lily's garden, basically, right? You, you decorate something, you get story, and then you decorate something else and you get more story. So it's that is the main storyline that we have. But additionally, we uh, have, because we don't, we don't really, ha we didn't have the capacity to create a huge garden, and also um, we didn't want to because our. That's one of the other uh, sort of new things we wanted to try is that we have a very compact uh, place. If, if if you have seen, it's like a, a horizontally only scrolling. It's not even two dimensional scrolling. It's just left right. and right, which also makes it quite uh, compact. So we have only six decorations in every area, and we have three areas. So basically, only 18 decorations that you can do throughout the whole first uh, garden. And this uh, this doesn't, yeah, this made us actually um, think about like how do we add more narrative to the game on other places. So the main narrative actually unlocks linear together with all those decorations, also by level. So next level you reach, you get another unlock, you get a quest for another decoration that you can do. But next to this, uh, there's other uh, places that have side narrative. So every time you go level up, you also unlock a new thing. Mm. And the unlock doesn't just happen on your level up. It happens with an, a character from the story coming into your market and saying, hey, how's it going? I, I have this and that. And, and they also hook into the main narrative, but it is a separate uh, sort of line. It could be played uh, in parallel, if you will. So this is also... Uh, 
a thing that we had to innovate on because we don't have that huge long uh, you know linear progression of, of decoration and, and narrative so yeah to answer your specific does it answer your specific question I forgot kind of what, exactly what your I I think that that generally does I mean I think one of the things is you know let's say I am interested in making a casual game you know, obviously just copying something that's out there mm. is, is not the best way to do it. Depends. So yeah, I, I mean, roughly, but you if know, if you want to make money quickly, you can do it. That's if you need to make money quickly. You should do it because yeah. I think that is the safest thing you can do. If you, if you want to, if you sure. want to, um, yeah, but not, it, it, of course, give it your own twist. I'm not advocating <clears throat> blatant copying, but if you, you know, you have to. If you want to stay safe, you have to play it safe. But uh, yeah, if you don't have to, then if you want to have some fun, uh, you, you can. Or if you want to get frustrated occasionally uh, as well, <laughs> <laughs> then you can do a bit more what we've been trying to do as well. Um, but yeah, it's so. It depends, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So you know. Thinking about innovation, I mean, what is the right ratio of innovation? Like, let, let's say I, I'm really inspired by Lily's Garden. Mm. I like their narrative, like the process. Like, how would you take Lily's Garden and turn it into a, a game that has legs? So I'll put you on the spot here. Yeah, that's a tricky <laughs> one. How do you turn it into a game that? <laughs> that, you know, feels innovative, but still is built on some of the core principles of Lily's Garden that yeah. obviously have been proven. Yeah. Uh, if, if I have to say so quickly on the spot, I would probably try to make it, I would keep the meta because the meta is just, it works so well. It works like a charm and it is relatively simple. You know, it's very linear. You need to write a lot, so of course you need to get some writers on your staff because it's not it doesn't come by itself. The story you have to be really uh, focusing on that. If you really like that part of the of the game, which is the, in my opinion the best part of that game of Lily's Garden, yep. then you should of course invest a lot in that. Uh, you can be also innovative within the story, so you can take topics of the story where you want to innovate. Mm -hmm. You can take really like uh, more. Uh, you can take extreme topics like they they chose one of their themes to be cheating and relationships uh but you can choose other things like we we for example we have chosen a different theme uh which i can also talk a little bit more about but like if you want to talk about uh, gameplay wise i would maybe exchange the core game with something because the the link between the core and the meta is almost non-existent it doesn't technically really matter what you are doing in your levels and it's basically chocolate covered broccoli if you will that you have to play those levels <laughs> and then you get the reward but but technically you're grinding away at something that you have to do of course you're you're having fun but if you are really motivated by the story this is it's the it's the cause you know it's it's what yeah. you want it's what you have to do 
to get further into the game. And if they if you do it very well, you can get people, uh, you can keep them engaged because the, the, the gameplay is also very fun. Yep. But if you really want to focus on the narrative, you you know, so you can exchange it. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's probably not a good idea to put a merge in there because there's no winning, you know? So, I mean, you could do, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tricky one. You can you can innovate there to change the core game, but it's, a, yeah, it's, it, it's a possibility. And you won't have all the issues that we have because they are not linked as much, the meta and the core. But I would say if you really want to innovate, there you can write so many stories that can also you know take people uh into different directions that i would say you can choose those two things which are relatively safe to innovate on because they don't have that money that many um links to the rest of the game yeah. for us it was quite tricky because everything is kind of connected yeah but um yeah that's interesting or you could you know choose a, a specific theme Probably not mansions because you know there's like more yeah. mansions in the let world. Me, let me you tell know, you about that, that for a second, yeah, because that <laughs> yeah. is really my pet peeve as well. I I am so tired of somehow inheriting a mansion, like you know, I, <laughs> I mean, I guess it still works. Uh, that's why it's still being done. How many rundown but mansions we, are out there, man? <laughs> there's more. We made a joke before that there are more mansions in casual games then there are actual mentions in the real world <laughs> right there's like there's so many mentions that people can now renovate <laughs> in games that it's like it's getting a bit crazy right so i <laughs> i i'm really happy that we in the beginning have said because we we did want to focus quite heavily on on having a unique narrative where also because it's also a part of the the player motivation uh that that our players really like to see you know, to see in in this case, it's it's very female focused. So they like to see a strong female protagonist. It's not very strong if you just haphazardly get a mention. It's just you are still subject of your environment. So what we wanted to do is really put the choices of the character in uh, in the character's hands, and and the player can enjoy just like in Lily's Garden. They can enjoy as a as a third person. They can enjoy that that character's storyline, but you are not that person. So I think you even uh, yeah, it's, it's that is for us one of the main reasons why we have chosen a very specific narrative where we have a very carefree female protagonist. Like think Kimmy Schmidt, you know uh, this where she. We have a character-first approach where we don't have the the character talking to the player and clapping at the camera. You know, it's it's a very different experience. Just like in Lily's mm -hmm. Garden, where you see her living her life instead of yeah. actually you being part of it. So it's it's we came up with something more interesting and controversial. So it it in the end it has turned out to be about a young lady who is a botany student and finds this rare flower in an overgrown garden which she tries to adopt. It's a little bit like Secret Garden, that good movie. Um but it's a very divisive topic because it's not her place. It's not her garden. She just finds this place and she gets totally mesmerized by it. And it's a bit of a conflict, really. So if you if you give this to some players, they might be like, wait a second, this is a bit strange. What's going on? And then it turns in the end, it turns out, spoiler alert, that yes, the person that actually owns the garden is not immediately very happy that she's always there and she starts changing stuff up. 
Yeah, but you know, she's uh, you know, she's carefree and she she do in in her defense she's doing a lot of good because she's making the garden nice again. Because for some specific reasons, which will be immediately told to the player in the beginning of the game, the owner of the garden actually um has let the garden uh, grow grow wild because it was actually from his late wife who died and he couldn't bear to actually be in that garden anymore. And the interesting part here is that the player knows this because they have seen the intro scene of the game where actually we see the history of the garden, but uh, Olivia, the protagonist, has no idea. She just finds this garden and she just starts being there. But then, of course, there is this heavy... Um, backdrop of of the story, which actually uh, uncovers part of our theme, which is actually death. Uh, it sounds really harsh, but uh, it it's, it is a a part of life that people, you know, of course, always have experience with. And and lately, uh, I think you have also probably noticed is that like uh, casual games have more and more embraced uh, deeper more emotional topics where Lily's Garden was yeah. one of the first pioneers where actually it's not only uh, happy animals anymore that are just smiling at you while you, you know, crush gems. It's very different now. There's there's many. And of course, coming from Wuga, I've been actually seeing there a lot because they make very narrative heavy games. So I wanted to keep that. I wanted to use that experience that I got into and to put it into this game because I truly believe that people are now looking for a bit more depth. And of course, we don't. We still have 90 or 95 percent of the game to be very lighthearted, but there is this five other or 10 percent, five percent that is focusing on more deeper, like actually quite dramatic uh, happenings. Like and actually yeah. being a fan of of. Shameless Scrubs, Russian Doll, Afterlife. I really love those dramedy uh, like series. So I, I really think that really gives that extra uh, touch to a story where, you know, if you look at the sitcom, it's just ha ha ha. But if you look at a dramedy, it's actually mostly ha ha, but also the depth that you are looking for to keep you engaged for forever, if you will. Right. So that's why we also took that approach of actually taking a, a very yeah, painful thing to be part of our game, at least really sometimes. So death is mentioned, you know, let's say a handful of times. And in, in the end, you meet the owner who actually turns out, you know, to come, you know, I'm not going to uncover the whole story. But <laughs> you can play it yourself. But yeah, we wanted to we wanted to really focus on that. So it really makes a difference, I think, as well, if you if you focus, yeah. if you focus on that narrative. So we, it's a long answer to your question, but like I think it's it was a good good occasion for me to to plug the story because we we took a lot of we spent a lot of time in there as well, and um, so we who, don't want we just don't want to be the yeah who who writes just, the story uh, on your team? Truly, it's me. Ah, see so um, a little multiple hats going on there. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and it's tricky because uh, as the yeah, as as designer of the game, you're the systems <clears throat> designer on one hand, and then turning all your brain off, <laughs> then starting to write narrative is very tricky because you have to get that creative f flow going, which 
is a very different uh, place to be mentally than the systems design uh, part of, of the job. So it has been a bit tricky sometimes that I have to, okay, now I'm going to clean up my house for one hour and then I'm going to continue working on the narrative. <laughs> you know, that, that works because then you can get into the mindset of like, okay, you know, I, I'm at peace and I, I don't have to think about systems. I'm just thinking about getting words on paper because writing itself is a, is a very difficult process usually. Yeah. So I, I think you, you sort of covered some reasons on this, but um, just out of, out of curiosity, and I don't really see many mobile games doing this, um, but being a little bit more of like a PC gamer myself, like, yeah. you know, I, I reflect on Skyrim and the first thing that I do in Skyrim is I get to, you know, choose my race and choose my character and, mm. and change all the face. And like, you know, usually yeah. I, I pick a much more, you know, ripped crazy barbarian type mm. version of myself with red hair and <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I usually um, choose cats in, you know, yeah. it's like the Khajiit <laughs> or or if I'm going you know maybe I want to be a spellcaster before I go an elf so I get you know extra magic sure. and stuff but you know exactly. it depends on what I'm wanting to play through but um you know you get to go through that but like mm-hmm. the narrative and the story is basically the same regardless of you know where you're at but now you're kind of exposed Expressing, you know, who you are a little bit more. Like, yeah. Why? Why did you guys choose to go with like a rigid character versus innovating there and maybe you know letting casual players experience that a little bit? Because I haven't seen any other games that do really let you do that. Um, maybe mm. maybe Magic Tavern has a little bit more creativity type stuff. Their their newest game. Yeah. So I think it doesn't really stroke together. That it doesn't really fit where. You have to you have to customize the character, but then you are not really personified as the character. So again, in Lily's Garden, it would be weird if you could choose how Lily looks, right? It's it's strange because she's already a person; she has a story already, and you're just now being thrown into her life, right? I think that was one of the reasons, and of course, also the <laughs> the reason, simple reason of like it's it's a lot of work. Uh, to do it but i think we don't need to if you are uh, if you are watching someone's story from a third perspe- third person perspective i don't think it's a you don't really there's no place for a lot of character customization at least for mm. for that character there's other things you can do like you know again like decorating your garden in a specific way and naming your little dog but there are there are only so many things in these games that you can do, and yeah, we really went with the with the more Lily's Garden third person approach here, where you know the the player does the the character doesn't talk to the player. It's not looking up to the camera and saying "good job." No, it doesn't work in in a in in a game where you are trying to tell someone else's story, right? You're just a and of course, we make the character really identifiable because there's a lot of topics that are being covered that are you know very uh, very near to people people's issues and people's lives but it's it's more projection in that case right so i yeah. think that that would be the, the choice that would be the romantic answer the, the technical answer is we didn't have money or time 
so I, you know. I figured that was the one one behind the scene. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, maybe switching gears uh, just a little bit. Um, yeah. I don't know if you had any other design topics you wanted to go over. No, but, those are the main uh, ones, and I, I invite you to because I just wanted to say, like we have been talking about this game, like it, that we are live in specific countries. So if you want to play, you can already try playing. So if you're curious what I'm talking about, uh, you can look for Plantopia Merch Garden in in the app stores. We are. Netherlands, US, Canada, uh, I think Brazil. Uh, some, we yeah, we'll get soon somewhere else. Hopefully, we'll we'll see. But yeah, you can try <laughs> finding it already if you want. Um, it's, it's and we fun. have our first deconstruction already as well. <laughs> Someone in China already has. Uh, oh wow! I mean, it's a very small one, but it's it's interesting. I'm, I I was really happy to see that because normally I'm on the other side. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Let's yeah. see. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. Sorry. Where did you want to switch gears towards? I wanted to talk a little bit about innovation. So mm. um, I, I I think I remember talking to you at, at one point in time, and you kind of said your your goals with this game was like a, a 70, 20, 10 split. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, how did that go? Where did where did you actually end up netting out? And like, you know, what what is the right target yeah. for someone that wants to innovate? Yeah, this is a fun story because we are not any different from any classic game development team where you have a plan and then you don't follow it, uh, which is, I mean, of course, we followed it for a big part, but uh, we had, we, we it, it's probably also part because it's our first game and we were let free a lot. Like, I think the, the mentality at Voodoo has over the year also changed a little bit where they want to be a little bit more hands-on about like what we're doing. But at that point, it was just like, make a game. It has to be casual, but whatever, you know. And so we were quite free. So we already set off to be like, okay, whoa, 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 let's let's not innovate on everything because we know that it's like it doesn't work, obviously. So the ideal is that you have indeed 70, 20, 10 split, uh, which is really something we try to adhere to, uh, where 70 is adopting from other games, 70%, then 20% is innovating on the things that you'd like to, as I said, like to innovate on. And then really also 10% adding new things if you feel like that is a good addition to what, you, what you're making, right? And that would be, I think, a very safe and, and very adult decision to, to, to follow that, 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 that uh, split. Of course, you have to be very careful. And we have been also uh, a bit overbearing here where we, yeah, we are now currently leaning, I would say, if I have to say what the split is, I think it's 40, 30, 30, which is like, maybe, you know, maybe it's 40, 40, 20 or something like that. But it, it's it's some, somewhere on, along those lines, we have actually innovated much more than we set out to do in the first place. Um, but yeah, when you're on the path, it, it only makes sense to add stuff to the game. And specifically, if you choose to, if you choose a core and a meta that have not been put together that before, you're gonna do some innovation because you know there's a new combination of things that you have to try out. So we have been a little bit, uh, yeah, it, it has it has become a little more than we wanted, but you know it's still manageable. And luckily we, yeah, we are at the company that that can still cover our tracks, and and I think they're also very interested in what we. Are making so they see the potential of course as well so it all has turned out well up until now but you know it's not again like it's it's a classic mistake to 
you know, say like, I'm going to keep it simple. And then you're not making it simple enough, right? It's, it's always, it, it's always a tricky thing, especially if you're in a new team where yeah. uh, you don't exactly know how crazy your game designer is. <laughs> if you will i'm I'm kidding a bit i'm not uh, i'm not crazy maybe i am but uh you gotta have a little bit of crazy to actually just be a, a little bit just, just a little bit just a little bit know? but you have to have it yeah. as well especially if you want to write as well you have to be a little bit crazy otherwise you can't you know yeah, there's nothing <laughs> <laughs> no nah, okay but uh it's, yeah so that that is really where we ended up to be um but you know we have still stuff that we have just adapted, you know, we have the light visual progression with the decoration loop. We have, uh, we have more, uh, we have that decoration still feature the choice that people are used to. Uh, we have, we have a literal animal crossing balloon in our game. It's, it's because it's just so fun to pop the balloon and get some stuff. And we were just thinking, okay, what, what can we add to the game to just give you, a, 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 you know, because all the other merge games have this uh, trickle as well, where these like sort of things are flying, pollen or other things. And we were like, yeah, this is actually, we picked that as well. We, we picked and matched and this was a relatively low um, risk one. But I think this one has actually become quite an quite a, it's one of the most fun moments you you some people say that they have in the game. It's like oh, I have a balloon, they just pop it and they get some free resources, which is great. Of course it's not free because there's also ads gonna be placed there, but it's you know, it that is that is part that we didn't innovate on. So we, we still have uh, in my in the in, in our defense, we have a lot of stuff that we adapted. And and of course the core game itself, the interactions in the core game. Almost all the interactions are still the same as in in the casual merge. So, at least that is still the, the pillar that we we've taken. So, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about monetization potential because mm. you know I, I think of casual games and I, I've been playing uh, Royal Match a lot lately. Um, partly because I can't figure out why I like the game so much and like <laughs> those are the best they're, ones. They're, they're really they're really not doing anything other than i mean there's a deconstruction that like goes through things but really they just do it all juicy, though. so smooth but it's so and, juicy that's the thing and and they yeah. they are so good yeah, at yeah. lining up the like and i just did like a level up presentation uh that's going to go out uh, a little bit after this podcast but um i i talk i, I use them as an example it's like so often and it makes me so happy and so mad like all mm. at the same time the last move i can finally like line up the thing where i can just you know blow everything it's away brilliant. Uh, uh, but that's but the, I, that's the art i man. gotta do the the yeah. plus five payment to do that but as soon as i do that plus five payment i'm hit with that like psychological relief of not having to do the level again getting mm. to blow up everything uh you know it's like all these things checked off yeah but I don't really see that necessarily as like an in-app purchase directly into like this merge game here. Like, cause there mm. really isn't that like plus five monetization type thing. So mm. where do you think that sort of thing yeah. lives in merge or like, is there a way that you can tie that? Because really when I think about monetization, I always say, okay, well, first thing you've, you've got to have a game that is fun because if it's not mm. fun, players aren't going to be retained. Mm -hmm. Then you have to figure out how monetization makes the game more fun. Mm -hmm. So in Royal Match, it's, it's pretty evident. Well, if I pay a little bit, I get to blow up that thing. It relieves the pain and it's Definitely. that like extra fun moment. Yeah. Um, so like, where does that live in Plantopia? 
Mm. It's the classic uh, patience. Uh, do you have enough patience thing uh, where you, you know, in, in just like in Farmville where your meta game is actually, okay, now I've planted all my stuff. I am done now, but actually there is a time limited thing actually that I still have to do that I can probably not do if I wait too long. So maybe I will just spend a couple of gems to, you know, fulfill that little, oh, I'm missing two or three resources in my orders. Okay, I will, you know, I'll just pay a couple of gems to just, I don't want to plant the whole plant again. You know, there is, there is all, it's, it's really about creating these awkwardnesses, if you will, that you can wait for. But, you know, sometimes, especially when you start adding more time-limited challenges that you don't have the time to wait for. So in that case, you can do two things as a player. You can wait and not let the challenge be completed, or you can just pay a little bit. Or at least you you can also use the gems that you have found in the game, because we're, of course, giving also some gems inside the game. But secondly... And it's a bit uh, forbearing to say this because we don't know how our monetization split is going to look. Um, but I think being at Voodoo, there will be still quite the heavy uh, ad revenue part as well. And we actually already see this. Like we have a we have we have more uh, we have a lot of ad revenue, and we still have to work a lot on the on the in, on the IAPs. Mm. So. Um, it's 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 coming, but I think I think it's going to be very similar to to what uh, what Farmville and, and stuff are doing. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's and and there are usually these very small micro payments, one or two gems uh, to speed up a plant or to to get more what you want. And there's there's spawners of resources everywhere, or buying uh, buying out a resource that you should usually um, get crates. To you know, you have mm. to find a couple of you have to open a couple of crates to actually reach that like high level uh, yeah. resource. Mm -hmm. But you can also just buy one immediately if you're if you're like ah, I'm I'm uh, I'm lazy. I'm just gonna buy that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, th there's all these. There's that, that's mainly it. It's really uh, comfort. You know, it's it's uh, quality of life payments, if you will. Like uh that's that's how these games work and i think we we shouldn't re revolutionize there it would be weird to do that so yeah yeah it's so still it's about building that kind of low trust relationship with players and and just kind of oh it's chill and you know yeah. here's here's a little like quality of life things that makes the game just a little bit better yeah it's not it's not even better it's just you don't have to wait you know yeah. that's it it's just if you're patient enough you can play it for free that's how it all usually these games all work and it's fine uh but there's just that 10 percent of players that uh, don't care about money and are not patient so luckily they can play pay for the rest that's how it goes <laughs> yep. uh very bluntly put, right? Usually, of course, you have also the, the the small purchases that that people sometimes buy five euros or something like this. But you know, it's uh, yeah, it's that's the general answer, I think, gen yeah. to, to to what you have in any resource management game. That's great. Mm. Well, let's talk a little bit about takeaways. Like, what are some things that you have learned mm -hmm. uh, from Plantopia, and and what are lessons that other people should learn while they're listening? Yeah. I, I've already covered two. Uh, I'm going to rehash them. Uh, the third one I, I had uh, in my notes is, uh, is, is uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell, talk about that last. So the first one is definitely, again, as I said, like if you're innovating, start implementing and iterating on your FTE like as soon as possible. Because if players 
understand your game's loop, you're on the right track. And if they aren't, you have to consider onboarding them in a more casual way and adding the complexity that you actually want really much further down the la- down the line, you know, in the game. And or even cons- consider just simplifying the core again if all else fails. And 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 Playtest Cloud and Figma, especially, we use Figma a lot. It's a brilliant uh, tool to to do do quick click tests and have a really good. Um, like a sort of a library, asset library for for artists and designers and and even devs alike to just pick assets quickly, make prototypes, uh, let it be t- yeah tested out and yeah again Playtest Cloud and other test platforms are uh, you you can't go without and it's 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 an investment it's it's a uh, it's pricey sometimes but you need to you need to test that because otherwise you you're on the wrong uh, wrong track and you you'll if you if you don't have your FTE clear, you can't go further because you don't know where your players will end up, in which understanding they will end up, and what they what they will understand from your game, and they might even get the wrong idea, which is of course deadly. If if the so, that is the one thing I I really think we we also had the luckily we also did that a lot. Like we did a lot of FTE testing, and it was also very needed. It it was very it was very tedious too. It took a long time. Sometimes it's demotivating as well. It's like, ah, they will understand this. And then it's like, ah, they still don't. It's, it's a problem. So it, it can be problematic. So please try to do that first as soon as you can. That's the one. Uh, second one is uh, like really don't innovate on everything. It's, it's, uh, at, the, at this point, after talking for, for, for this time, it's an open door now. But uh, Pick and mix, pick your battles, right? If you don't innovate on everything. We, we we chose some of our features like decoration mechanic and our occasional trickle, like the balloon of resources to be very straightforward and easy to understand. And those are just a couple of examples. Uh, and yeah, if you are going a bit nuts already and having a specific um, combination of meta and core that is not very conventional be careful because that is already a lot right so you you will you will run into things that you have to uh, reinvent so in that case that's an extra flag of like t- yeah keeping the innovation on the down low on the rest of the yeah. game because yeah and uh, yeah that that's the second one and then my third one I, I just wrote it down because specifically from a game designer's perspective uh, just manage your expectations be realistic so every, especially this one can really motivationally speaking be a bit challenging for game designers who at heart like to make choices and like to, to stick with them. You know, they think, yeah, that, that is actually something I decided and I really think I believe that this is true. And then if you enter the territory of unproven features, you actually can't expect to always make everything better on your first try. It's impossible. You will you will always come into you'll you will run into things where you you made some small assumptions that people don't really get something. That's again why iterate test, iterate test, iterate test, embrace the grind, because that is gonna be what you are doing all the time. And you have to yeah, have to embrace it. Otherwise, you will not survive it. As a, you know, your mental state will you you'll be disappointed if you <laughs> if you expect it will go well on your innovation immediately. Innovating so, is hard, and it's it takes very hard. time and mm-hmm. way more time and way more resources than you would 
ever like to admit or or think, yeah, even what we've been building for our live ops stuff with user wise, like I figured like four months and here we are like a year and a half in and we only now finally have a product that people are like, wow, like this is what we need. Um, So it's, it's crazy how long extra things take yeah. and, and iterating but, and changing and improving. Exactly. But it is why we, this is how we roll, Tom. This is how we roll. This yeah. is our rock and, this this is our is rock and roll life. as well. Yeah. We, we keep so, it up. It's a rock and roll life. You, Yeah, exactly. Got it. We got a jam. Do you play the guitar? <laughs> I, I wish. I actually did uh, for a long time, but I'm really bad at it. So I stopped. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you, we'll, we'll get good at it. And then sometime we can jam once COVID yeah. is over. Yeah, I have sure. I have one question that I wrote down uh, a mm. little while ago. So I want to loop back up to the first one about the the first time user experience, mm. you know, and you, you can share whatever you want or if you had multiple things. But what specific thing did you have to spend more time explaining to a player in the first time user experience? How did you identify that and like? why was that important to spend time explaining or like what ended up being wrong with that? Just trying to like get a mindset of, you know, so that I can identify what's wrong in another first time user experience and figure out, you know, why I should be or how I should be explaining that. Yeah. I mean, the one thing for us was very specific. I mentioned already, like the fact that players had to start setting their own objectives. That was the big assumption that we, really made a bit, bit of a mistake on it was like yeah they can they can figure this out they 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 know how farmville works so they will also know how this game works but then actually players that are playing farmville they're not usually playing the games with a puzzle grid so it it depends like which people you get into your game so it we took an assumption there where we we made this assumption where we we thought that players would be able to do something more easily than we than we uh, than they could, right? And it could be anything. Uh, you know, don't assume people will understand something. Just have a sanity check because it's it's a diff, it's a dangerous uh, guess, especially if you if you're innovating. Uh, double check if if people really understand and if if your assumptions are correct. Uh, at least, uh, so the, the the magic number is four or five testers. It's enough. You don't have to get 20, 30 people in. Uh, it, yeah, but but please check. And you can also check with your mom, your aunt, your grandma, anyone. It, you don't have to have a professional tester. Actually, maybe a professional tester in Playtest Cloud is maybe even worse because they are paid to, to do so. So if you have people around you, your, your girlfriend, your wife, like your your daughter, I don't know, like anyone that can that that fits at least a little bit in your in your target audience. Try to see if they can figure it out. Um, it's it's a relatively quick test. Um, so yeah, again, it's a bo- bit of a boring cliche answer, but like you have to test all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's really great. Um, cool. Well, um, I I guess. Any other things that you would like to cover, like potential success, like what wins you guys have have seen or found, or you know, yeah. anything it's, else? It's 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 one thing I just wanted to still mention. Like I, it's a bit forbearing to be talking about our game. Like, wow, this is a real game. Like, it's been a huge success. It's because it's not yet there, right? We we're still working on this, and it's still a, t- a tricky thing. But we're quite positive about it right now, but uh, you know. I still wanted to do this talk because actually 
regardless of, of Plantopia is going to be a success or not, um, it's beside the point for this topic because we have learned all these things that I've just you know talked about, and uh, I believe that you know shooting for the stars. Uh, while shooting for the stars, you have to Im improve, break boundaries, and like transcend conventions. And in the worst case scenario, you've at least learned a lot from the development, especially if you are a young studio and, and a, a group of people that don't are not really used to work together that much yet. Yeah. So. As this is our first major project too, I'm already quite proud of our decisions and very thankful also to Voodoo just to provide us with this trust and autonomy to actually develop this thing. Because, you know, as a result, we have been really consciously questioning these decisions ourselves and have learned so much. And it's like, I hope also now the listeners uh, did as well. That That's that's basically my, uh, that that's the one thing I would still want to say. It's, it's like... Uh, it's a rare, it's not always a given that you get these opportunities. So if you can get get it, or if you feel like you, you know, if you feel motivated enough to start a project that is also along these lines, uh, it will learn, it will teach you a lot in, in, a, in a way of, uh, in, in a design sense, much more than, you know, uh, adapting a lot from games that already exist. So if you have some freedom and, uh, if you want to have an exercise, if you will, uh, try to, you know, you you can go a little wild because you will learn much more that way uh, if you if you can, right? So, yeah, that's the one thing. And I'm very happy to be at Voodoo for that matter because it's, uh, it's a very nice place to try yeah. to do this. <laughs> it sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. So, yeah, that was basically my, uh, my lead out slash disclaimer, really. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting topic. Yeah, let's see what the next uh, games will bring. I'm I'm really not sure what we're gonna do next. If there's uh, when and if, you know. So yeah, well, yeah. I'm I'm excited to see what your studio continues to to output. Um, well, I I really only have one last question, and it's mm -hmm. the unofficial question that I always like to ask because we are in mastering retention, and that is, right. you know, what's what's one tip or trick you found over the years to uh, help increase player retention. Mm. Uh, yeah, just don't, don't take the shortcuts, uh, where I think, you know, it's, there's, there's, there's two, there's two axles, axes here. Like you, you can make money quick and you can invest in your relationship with the player. And if they like your game, they will stay and they will probably also pay more if, because they like it makes sense like it's 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 common sense but i've seen i've see i see a lot of of quick you know quick cash uh grabs if you will like the that you know if yeah sure you can make again but then then also uh, don't expect people to you know stay a lot st stick stick around for for a longer time i've been fortunate enough to be at companies that actually value the the more ethical part of the of the free to play uh, market which is, you know, what I just said. Like, don't, 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 don't be, don't, don't, don't grab the cash. At least, just let people make their own choices. And yes, of course, if you need to make money, uh, you have to put stuff in place for people that want to have the premium golden experience. But if your base core gameplay is not is not correct, and is not if it's not if it's not uh, ethical, if you will, then I think you're you're doing everybody. 
yeah, you're not doing anyone a favor, really. Uh, it's a very idealistic <laughs> way of seeing it, but I, I, I truly believe that this is like the, the key, you know, like make a holistically consistent and and fun pr product, and 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 don't don't grab for don't don't in your second session ask people to spend half of their uh, of their coins already or or diamonds. It's it you don't have to. There's they will they the the good ones will stick around if they like it. You know that that's what I believe. True. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I've I've talked to some people and they're like, oh, well, if we we make like half of our in-app purchase of the like the offer that we like throw up at like instantly to players, and I'm like, hmm. that just seems broken yeah. and wrong. Like, I mean, if you can make that long-term experience with, I mean, it depends on the game, obviously, but like, you know, if you can create that long-term engagement with the player, where like yeah. after I've played a game for like a year and gotten like yeah. hundreds of hours of engagement and entertainment exactly. from it. Like I've, 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 I've been my previous likely, game, yeah. my previous game was June's journey, right? Which is like this game you can play for really three years <laughs> straight. Right. So I'm, I'm, that is my, <laughs> that's where I come from. So that's why I give this answer. Right. So I really like that, that people can live with your game for at least a year. And like, uh, I don't know, this is probably not how Pantopia will maybe, maybe for if it's going to be really, really long, but at the moment we don't even have uh, that much content to be planned at the moment because we just want to see how it goes for the first bit, but you know, who knows? And it ideally you can make a, be a bit of a part of a player's life because they, they cannot go outside to do gardening. They they just may be in the bed that they they may be in the hospital. Yeah. If they want to garden, they can still do some gardening in that case. And I really, really like to fulfill that position into people's lives if if possible. So, you know, that that's one thing that really motivates me, for example. You know, you have to you have to be I want to be part of the game that we create. We should be part of players' lives at least just for a bit, you know. So Instead of that game that actually accidentally they spent 80 euros on without actually being very happy about it. So yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the difference. Uh, but you know, yeah. yeah. Well, this has been super great. Um, yeah, really thanks, appreciate Tom. you taking the time walking through this. I hope folks learned a lot as they're thinking about new games. Like, I, I think this is such a crucial topic because I see so many games going into soft launch and then ultimately getting killed. Um, you know, due to innovation. And I think part of that is like, it is getting harder and harder because all the live games that are successful continually raise the bar. And so, you know, to acquire a user, I have yeah. to give up all the stuff that I've done in three years on June's journey to come over and play this new game from scratch now. And so yeah, it's gotta be it's, so it's wild. much better it's than wild. what I liked before, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, it's just an interesting mantra. And I, I think everyone from small one person studios up to the kings and the supercells of the world you know struggle with this so i think this was a really great topic and i really Thanks, really glad you were able to be so open and honest about that we don't often see that with a, a lot of uh you know companies and things so appreciate that from from both you and and from uh voodoo's uh perspective too so cool thank you so much for for being on and hopefully we can have you back sometime I, uh, I definitely, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, yeah, that's it. I, I'm looking forward to to hear the responses. Yeah. If you want to send me like an email or something, I cannot disclose anything, but you can uh, find my email on the website. Uh, cool. It's, yeah. Yeah, we'll, 
we'll link the link the blog mm-hmm. and definitely check it out. All sure. right. Thanks, Nick. Cool. No worries, man. See you later. Right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Cheers.